And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM. It is a great uh, day to be with you, to study the Word of God with you. And uh, we, of course, are also being heard on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And I don't know about you where you are, but we have a beautiful day here in Greenville, South Carolina, where this uh, podcast originates. And like I say, it's a beautiful sunny day. It looks like it's going to be hot, maybe all the way up to 85, 87 degrees today. It's going to be a hot one. And I've already got the windows in my apartment open, and I've got the fan going. And to be honest with you, it feels right good and comfortable. And, you know, here in Greenville, South Carolina, we're like much of the rest of the nation and the world, for that matter. We are under a stay-at-home order, and uh, so not a lot of people out in the road today. And uh, most people, it seems, are indeed and, in fact, at their home. And so that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing. Uh, they say the surest way not to get the uh, coronavirus is to stay at home and away from others. And so guess what? That's exactly what we're doing right now. At least that's what I'm doing. I'm staying out of the public and in the privacy of my own apartment. And hopefully you're keeping yourself safe as well. Uh, well, on the broadcast today, we're going to continue talking on the subject of Easter. As you know, this week uh, that I'm recording this podcast on, it's Holy Week. It's the week between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. And so on every broadcast this week, I'm going to be talking on the subject of Easter. And all total, we're going to have at least three broadcast on the subject of Easter. And, you know, for a lot of churches, it's going to be a little bit sad this year that we can't have a big public service in the church on Easter Sunday. Because most pastors will tell you Easter Sunday is one of the special church services of the year. In many churches, it's actually one of their biggest and best attended church services of the year. And this year, of course, most Easter services will, in fact, be online, and uh, that's not a bad thing. I hope one thing we have learned about this coronavirus is that the church is not a building. The church is not a building. The church is God's people, and the church is wherever God's people are, even at home. And uh, I thank God that we have... uh, Technologies such as the internet and technology such as podcasting and internet radio that we could use as a means of getting out the gospel of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And I thank God for that. And uh, when I was checking over some of my internet radio and podcasting uh, numbers today before I went on the air, uh, Our audience is actually increasing quite a bit. We have maybe in the last couple of weeks more listeners than ever before. And I think it's because people can't get to church. And so they're getting the word of God whichever way they can, even here on the Internet. And that's a great thing. And I hope that many of you who have just recently discovered Sunshine USA will continue to make Sunshine USA a regular part of your life, even after the coronavirus is behind us. And uh, as you know, we have two different editions of Sunshine USA. On Blog Talk Radio, 
we have uh, an edition of Bible study where we actually study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And right now, in that particular series, uh, we are in uh, the book of Psalms. And today, for example, um, the Bible study that I did was out of Psalm 31. And tomorrow we'll be in Psalm 32. And we are doing that on that particular edition of Sunshine USA. And you could reach that edition by going to blogtalkradio.com slash bizradio. That's B-I-Z radio. It's all one word, lowercase. And you could listen to, to that edition of Sunshine USA. On this edition of Sunshine USA, uh, we're doing more topical messages. We're trying to see what the Bible has to say to us on a number of different topics. And so that's what we're doing on what I call the Anchor FM edition of uh, Sunshine USA. Uh, so today we're going to be in the 23rd chapter of Luke, and we're going to be talking about Jesus on the cross, and we're going to zero in on the two thieves that are with Jesus on the cross. As you know, one thief was repentant and one thief was not. But right now, let's go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. And in just a few moments, I will begin reading with verse number 39. Luke chapter 23 and verse 39. And we read here, it says, And one of the malefactors, or thieves, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and others, or save thyself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And so we see that we have here with Jesus... Two thieves on the cross. And basically, Jesus is being treated like a common criminal on the cross. Two thieves are being crucified on the cross with them. Now, you know, a lot of times we think of the crucifixion as being a method of putting people to death that was reserved just for Jesus. But actually, it was a very common method of crucifixion in the Roman Empire. And so all kinds of criminals were put to death on the cross in the Roman system of government. Now, it's very interesting to note that it was probably a merciful thing that Jesus was beaten so severely even before they put him on the cross. And the reason that was considered a good thing was because of the fact it caused him to die more quickly. It's very probable that Jesus died even before the other two thieves because he had been so severely beaten. They tell us that sometimes it was not at all unusual for someone to, to be in anguish on the cross for several days before they actually died. It was horrible. It was unmerciful. And probably of all the methods of capital punishment, 
that have ever been devised, crucifixion on the cross was the cruelest. And here we have Jesus on a Roman cross, and we have two thieves, one on either side of him. And these two thieves get on the, get into a conversation with each other. One thief, the unrepentant thief, says, you know, if you be the Christ, save yourself and us. <laughs> you see, that particular thief was not interested in what happened to Jesus. All that thief was interested in was getting off the cross alive. That thief was like so many in prison today. All he wanted was to get out of prison. He didn't want to be an inmate anymore. And you know, they say that's a very common thing in the penal system, penal system today. Just about every prisoner you find, all they could talk about is how they one day want to get out of that prison. They, they one day want to get out of jail. And so that unrepentant thief, he says, Jesus, if thou be the Son of God. You see, there's a question of doubt there. In other words, I don't think that thief really believed that Jesus was who he claimed to be. But he says, in case you are, get yourself and us off the cross. Now, was Jesus who he said he was? Absolutely. Could Jesus take himself and them off the cross? Absolutely. But Jesus knew that he had to go through with what he was facing in order for your sins and my sins to be forgiven. Now notice this repentant thief. The repentant thief shows that he has the right attitude. His heart is in the right place. The repentant thief says, hey, you got to remember, we deserve to be on this cross. He said, you and I are getting the just punishment that we deserve as a result of the crimes that we have committed. But he says, this man, Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. He hasn't committed a crime. He doesn't deserve to be up here. And he asked the unrepentant thief a very important question. He said, do you not fear God? You see, the other thief obviously didn't believe in God. He just wanted off the cross. He wanted to go home. But you see, the, the repentant thief, he realized, hey, he says to the other thief, you and I deserve to be up here. We deserve what's coming to us, but Jesus, hey, he has done nothing wrong whatsoever. He hasn't done anything wrong whatsoever. And then he looks at Jesus and he says to Jesus, Lord, remember me. And notice what Jesus says to the repentant thief. He said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to notice something. That thief of the cross, who obviously had become a believer, he had obviously given his heart to the Lord, but guess what? He did not have time to join the church. He did not have time to get involved in a Bible study class. 
or discipleship group. He didn't have time to join a new member class at the church. He didn't have time to disciple other people. He only had enough time to say, Lord, remember me. You know, a lot of times I'm afraid we want to make something hard and complicated out of getting saved. But you know, there's nothing complicated about getting saved. You know, if getting saved was complicated, I would miss out on it. You know why I would miss out on it? Because I have a very simple mind. I find it very difficult to understand complicated things. I've said before, if I buy something and it's one of those things like furniture from Walmart that I have to put together, I hope the instructions are very clear. I want them to have all kinds of charts and pictures and diagrams and easy to understand print because I have a simple mind. I cannot bring myself to understand complicated things. So if getting saved was complicated, guess what, folks? I would miss out. If I had to have a lot of money to be saved, once again, I would miss out. You know why? Because I don't have a lot of money. And I'm getting to that age in life where I'm beginning to say, you know what? It's looking more and more like I'm never going to have a lot of money. I don't ever expect to be a rich man. I don't ever expect to get to the time in my life when I will have a lot of this world's goods. So if you had to have a lot of money to be saved, if you had to be a rich man in order to be saved, guess what? I would miss out on that because I don't have a lot of money. But like the thief on the cross, I could say, Lord, remember me. And you know what? He definitely will. Now, you know, the interesting thing here is most of us have a lot more to give God than the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross didn't have any money to give to the Savior. He didn't have any money to give to a church. He just said, Lord, remember me. But you know, you and I, who were believers already, and many of us have been believers, frankly, for a number of years, to be perfectly honest with you. You and I have a life still that we can give God. Now, you know, I'm 65 years old right now. I'm, I'm smart enough to figure out that probably well over half my life right now is gone. I'm smart enough right now to figure out that most of my life is already done. <laughs> but guess what? God's not completely done with me yet. I hope I still have many more sermons to preach. I hope I still have many more Bible studies to teach, especially here on the Internet. I'm hoping that after this uh, corona crisis goes away, I'm hoping that I'll be able to travel to different parts of the country and, and preach in different churches and teach the Bible in a number of different churches all across America. I feel like God is nowhere near finished with me yet. 
In fact, even though my life is probably at least two-thirds behind me, I feel like a good part of my ministry is yet ahead of me. And I'm, I, I'm at that point in my life where I'm willing to say, God, you know what? Whatever I have left in this old life, I want you to know I give it to you. I give it to you. Lord, you're the boss of my life. Lord, you're the dictator of my life. God, you're going to call the shots in my life. And I want to follow you just as faithfully as I know how to follow you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's read on. Now, you know, when we think about Jesus being on the cross, you have to realize Jesus was doing that for you and I. He had no sins of his own. And that's why Jesus was perfectly qualified to be our Savior, because he had no sins of his own. And so it's not the Romans or even the Jews that put Jesus on the cross. It was your sins and my sins which put Jesus on that cross. But I want you to read in the Bible here what happens after this conversation between the two thieves on the cross. Um, starting in verse 44, here in Luke chapter 23, and it says, And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into my hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. You see, here we find that Jesus did on the cross what he came to do. He died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And at one point, it got so dark that God literally had to turn his face away from his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He couldn't look upon Jesus because of the weight of his sins. I mean, not his sins, but my sins and your sins and the whole world. Jesus had no sins of his own, but he bore your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. But he gladly laid down his life for us. He did it all for us. And as we're going to see in our next Bible story, we're going to see that what happened on the cross is followed by the resurrection. And we'll be talking about the resurrection on our very next podcast. But think about it. Jesus died on that cross for you and I. He died on that cross for your sins and my sins. And all we have to do is to believe. And we are saved. You know, the Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. Salvation is by grace through faith, not of works. 
Now, one of the things that I try to do in my ministry, I try to point out that works has nothing at all to do with our salvation. Works doesn't have one single thing to do with our salvation. Now, I do believe, however, that works enters into the picture once we are saved. Because, you see, once we are saved, we want to become anything and everything Jesus wants us to be. And among other things, we want to be obedient to what Jesus taught his disciples. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. That doesn't mean we're going to be without sin. It doesn't mean that we're not going to mess up from time to time. But once you and I are saved, once you and I have come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then works enters into the picture. You and I as believers all of a sudden have a desire to be as much like God as we possibly can. <laughs> you know, that is a wonderful thing. To be as much like God as we could possibly be. You know, you guys can probably remember back in your college days when you fell in love with a girl. And when you fell in love with the girl, all of a sudden you had a desire to always make sure you looked just right whenever you got around her. You wanted to make sure you were clean and smelled right. You wanted to truly put your best foot forward. You made sure that she only knew the best things about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and likewise, she probably felt the same way. You know, she wanted to look her prettiest whenever she was around you. Like you, she wanted to make sure she was clean. <laughs> she wanted to make sure that uh, she had, uh, you know, really nice clothes on, maybe a nice dress, maybe a nice outfit. She wanted to look her best for you. And, and so you start dating. And as you start dating you begin to realize, you know, I want to do the things that make her happy. Over time, you learn about what her favorite restaurants are. You learn what her favorite foods are. You learn something about the things that she wants to do. And you try to do some of those things. You try to take her out to the nicest restaurants. You try to treat her to the food that you know she loves to eat. <laughs> Amen. Why do you do that? Because you love her. Why do you do that? Because you care about her. Why do you do that? Because you want to make her happy. Well, I believe it is much the same way when you and I become a Christian. When you and I became a Christian, all of a sudden, we had a desire to make God happy. We had a desire to be obedient to the Lord. We had a desire to do whatever the Lord was happiest to see us do. I mean, that's just the way we were, you know? Amen. Now, um, we have to understand, we have to understand that... Um, 
we have to uh, make sure that we as Christians are living in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. We want to make sure that God is never disappointed in us. Now, as I say, you know, we're human. From time to time, we're going to slip up and mess up. But the bottom line is, you and I have a desire to be just as much like God as we can possibly be. And I think one of the best gifts we can give to the Lord at the Easter season of the year is to give to Him a life that's totally yielded over to Him. You know, when I get up in the morning and I say my morning prayer, I want to say, Lord, this day that you have given me, Lord, this is your day. God, I want to do with this day whatever it is you want me to do with this day. You know, it's kind of like an artist. You know, he gets a, a fresh canvas. That canvas is just as clear, just as white as it could possibly be. And then all of a sudden, the artist takes his pen or pencil or brush and he starts writing and painting. And pretty soon what was once just a plain canvas is now an elaborately beautiful painting. You see, you and I want to give a special gift to God each day. We want to take the new canvas of each day and say, Lord, I want to put on this canvas for you today whatever it is you want me to put on this canvas. Lord, whatever it is today you want me to do. Hey, God, that is what I want to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. I remember one time I had been in the hospital with the bleeding ulcer. And my bill at the hospital, as you can imagine, it was quite expensive. I didn't have insurance at the time. I had no idea how that hospital bill was going to be paid. Some nights I would go to bed and I'd be worried about it. And I said, Lord, how am I going to take care of this? Lord, how am I going to pay for this? And I remember one night God told me, hey, Warren, you're not going to pay for this at all. The next day I got a letter in the mail informing me that my hospital bill, which totaled several thousand dollars, guess what? It was miraculously paid. I didn't know that hospital a single penny. Woo! <laughs> you talk about making me a shouting Baptist. I became a shouting Baptist. <laughs> Amen. God did what he told me he was going to do. He took care of it. Well, you see, folks, that is what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. Jesus took our sin debt. And you know what he marked down on that sin debt? He marked it down, paid in full. That's why I could tell you, whatever sins you've committed in the past, whatever your past is, whatever you've done in the past, God says to you, paid in full. That's what I did for you on the cross. That's the blood that I shed on the cross. 
so that your sin record is paid in full. It is deleted from God's computer system. God can't bring it up against you anymore. Amen. Woo! <laughs> Boy, I tell you, if that don't get you to shouting, I think your shouter must be broken. Amen. That gets me, I don't know about you folks, that just gets me excited all over the place to realize that my sin debt has been miraculously, supernaturally wiped out, not just for now, but forever, for all eternity. You see, when Christ died on that cross, he wiped out all of my sins, past, present, and future. He knew about all the sins for the rest of my life that I would ever commit, and he marked on that, paid in full. And folks, if that really excites you, you ought to be able to live a life that reflects that. You ought to be able to live a life that shows God the gratitude that you feel because of what he's done for you. And just know this, whatever God's called you to do, however hard it is, however much of a sacrifice it is, it's worth it when you weigh that in consideration against all that God has already done for you. You know, no matter how much I have to suffer as a Christian, no matter how much I have to suffer as a believer, man, I tell you, that's not a drop in the bucket compared to what God did for me on Calvary's cross. Somebody the other day, you know, in connection with this uh, coronavirus, they asked me, Warren, what if you get the coronavirus? What if you die? And I say, well, you know, the worst thing that can happen to me is, guess what? I can die. But I don't see that as necessarily being a bad thing. Oh, it, it might be a bad thing for the loved ones that I would leave behind. But for me, it would be a great thing because then I would be reunited with all my loved ones, with all my saved relatives. I'll get to see all my favorite Bible characters. And most of all, folks, I get to see Jesus. I get to move into my heavenly mansion. Folks, when I think about that, I get excited. I can't contain myself. What about you, folks? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? I, I, I was talking the, the other day to someone on the phone. And I was asking him, I said, how is your son handling this corona crisis? How is your son handling the stay-at-home order? And she said, you know what? He's getting on the phone, and he's calling up all his friends, and he's asking them if they know Jesus as their Savior. Woo! Is that something special or what? You bet it is. Amen. Well, I hope today's Bible study has done even half for you what it's done for me. Now, like I say, when we get together next time, we're going to be talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to be talking about the empty tomb. And of course, do understand this. You do need to understand that if it weren't for the empty tomb, if it weren't for the resurrection, 
then all that Christ died for us on the cross, it would have been in vain. It wouldn't have accomplished anything. But thank God for the empty tomb. Well, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. It's all one word, all lowercase, warrenlandis at yahoo.com. And when you send me an email, you can share with me any prayer requests that you have. You can share with me uh, any questions that you have about the Bible or about the Christian life in general. I'd love to hear from you, and I will personally respond to you. You know, this is a pretty small ministry in many ways. If you send me an email or even if you send me a snail mail, I'm the one that answers it in person. (laughs) Because I don't have a staff to do that for me. Now, by the way, if you're wanting my snail mail address, my snail mail address is Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Apartment 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. That's Warren Landis, 3001 Old Buncombe Road, Apartment 8, Greenville, South Carolina, 29609. Now, by the way, when you send me that old-fashioned letter, I hope you'll put some old-fashioned dollar bills in it. We would love to expand this ministry. I I love the idea of being able to one day buy airtime on TV stations and radio stations all across America. In fact, we actually had a TV network contact me just the other day, and uh, they asked me if I wanted to be on their network. And uh, they told me they could make it happen for a very nominal cost. I mean, it's a lot of money compared to what I have, but it's not a lot of money when you think about what television airtime would normally cost. And I said, man, I sure would like to do that. But I said, you know, with this coronavirus and everything going around, I said, let's uh, wait till about August or September. And we'll talk about it in more detail at that time. And so they're going to get back with me in September, I believe. And I would love to be able to say to them, sign me up. But of course, in order for me to tell them that, we have to have some financial commitment. And so if you would like to make a financial contribution to this ministry, it would be greatly appreciated. And I can let you know, anything that you give to this ministry, it will be used exclusively for this ministry. Not a dime of it goes to me because I'm already taken care of. I'm retired as far as secular work is concerned. All that I do in the ministry I do for, I do without pay. I don't get a single dime from Sunshine USA. I don't get a single dime from these radio broadcasts. So any money that comes in, it's all going to be used for the glory of God. It's all going to be used for the ministry in one way or another. And so if the Lord leads you to give something, that's great. If you don't have it to give, well, that's great too. Amen. I'll still pray for you. I'll still love you. And you just keep on listening and tell others about the program. Well, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. And guess what? I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.